0: Hello and welcome to resourceful stories from the site proudly brought to you by resources unearthed at resources unearthed we help executives professionals and business owners in mining and resources to be successful both personally and professionally we've created this podcast to help you in your employment or business and we'll be chatting to people who have a proven track record of success in the industry thanks for joining us I'm James Marshall from Resources Unearthed, and welcome to today's episode of Resourceful. Today we're sitting down with Jared Wood, a business owner with offices around the world, who began his career as an electrical engineer. His business, Bluefield Asset Management, focuses on creating efficient, profitable, and safe mining environments, while his other business, Relialytics, works to improve asset reliability through a unique approach to analytics. Jared's experience is clear throughout his work, from his technical and practical expertise in maintenance to his advice for creating and maintaining a positive work culture. Jared draws a clear connection between work culture and fleet availability and emphasises the importance of maintaining a cohesive team for growth in both productivity and profit. Hi, my name is Brett Cribb,
1: Managing Director and Founder of Resources on Earth. And welcome to Resourceful Stories from the Site. Today I'm joined by Jared Wood. I've known Jared for about 10 years, during which time he's transitioned from a large multinational mining company manager to a business owner. Jared's career has undergone quite an evolution, starting in electrical engineering, then to maintenance management, and progressing to growing his own business from nothing to what Bluefield Asset Management and its other offshoots are today. His current role is Managing Director of Bluefield Asset Management. And he's also a director of Relialytics, and I know another couple of businesses he might shed some light on today. And if that wasn't enough, he's also a published author. Jared has a wealth of experience in business and has become a real entrepreneur. I believe you as our listeners would be interested in exploring some of his most memorable stories from the site. So wherever you are, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Resourceful. Welcome, Jared. Thanks for joining us today.
2: No, thanks very much, Brett. It's really happy to be here and uh, looking forward to the discussion and sharing some of the experiences I've had over the years. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: So maybe to begin with, Jared, could you tell us how and where you started in the mining and resources industry?
2: I grew up in a small mining town in central Queensland called Moranbah. It was probably more through uh, not good planning, but just the way things roll uh, that I ended up in the mining industry. And... I did some work experience in the, in the coal mines and uh, sort of vacation work to get a few dollars over holidays and things like that when I was really young. That was about you know, sweeping the floor in the carpenter shop out at um, Goonyala Riverside. But uh, after I finished uh, grade 12, there was a decision to go to university or get an apprenticeship. And both options were pretty attractive, so, but I chose to go and get an apprenticeship, get some income. And study engineering externally. So I went down that path. I did electrical engineering. The only reason I selected that sort of um, path of engineering was because the, the electrical people got paid $5 more a week than the mechanical <laughs> people. So Sounds no logic to that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maybe you could tell us a bit about how you did progress to where you are now, and are there any sort of skill sets that led to your business and its growth?
2: So, over the years, like I said, I did an apprenticeship and and then I uh, went up through the the ranks of maintenance and um, to supervisor's role, maintenance supervisor, maintenance planner, superintendent, manager. Uh, And I studied, you know, over those years, I finished the electrical engineering, did an MBA and a a master's of mining engineering as well. So, I went through all the, the roles that you could do in maintenance on a mine site. Um, you know, up to maintenance manager and then into this um, group in BHP Billiton called the Global Maintenance Network, which was awesome because I got to go around the world and go to a lot of sites and just learn all the theories of maintenance and reliability. And um, that was great. For my career to progress, I really needed to go down the path of general management or something like that. So that was what I thought was happening. I thought my career was heading down that path. And then I, my family decided we are going to live in Brisbane here. So for me to continue working in the mines, it had to be a fly in, fly out role. I liked that role being on site and being out there with the machines and all those sort of things and heading down that general management path. But when that opportunity came along to become a general manager and those sort of things, it was like a commitment to many more years away from the family. So I had to make a decision of whether I really wanted to do that because I I felt that after four years it'd be yeah, I'd be this general manager, but I wouldn't know my kids. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Familiar story. Yeah, I yeah. recognise that one.
2: Yeah, yeah, so the decision was to start Bluefield and did that with a guy that I'd known for a long time who'd been in consulting organisations and had uh, started successful organisations before. So he was a partner of the business at the time. So we started off and, um, yeah, built it up from there there was a real desire there for me to to run a business and, and grow a business as well. I've always had that desire and yeah, so I had some passion around it as well.
1: Yeah, it's making that step, that first step sometimes it's harder. So yeah. is there any anything that you sort of could tell us about what helped you make the step?
2: Yeah, yeah. so actually uh, having Jim, my business partner there was uh, really helpful because he was able to say to, allow me to understand the risks you know mm. so what are the risks the The risk is that you go out to business and worst case scenario, it doesn't work and you go back and work in the mines yeah so you know really when you when you look at it like that the you can manage what the risks are the, there may be some income risk that you lose or, or something like that as long as you don't um, put yourself in a lot of debt yeah it was sort of overcoming those fears I suppose and Jim was a part of helping me understand that and and move forward and and certainly in the early days of bluefield you know jim his knowledge of how to manage the business and manage the risks associated with a market that goes up and down and and we went through a very big down cycle there Uh, you know that was um, invaluable to have that sort of experience
1: we've talked about this before but you've also recently published a book titled simplified mining maintenance Could you tell us a bit about that?
2: Yeah, I wrote the book primarily because being in maintenance for a very long time and um, I started from, uh, like I said, on the shop floor and in the line, line management and um, very much practical uh, knowledge of maintenance. And then I went through this period of learning all the theories and all of those sort of things. And then when I went back into the line again, I was able to understand how the theories can be implemented. Uh, but it all really came back to the people side of things and in Bluefield we've helped sites sort those people or cultural issues out and get some really great improvements taking their fleets from you know very average or poor performance up to very good performance within six months and, and things like that so I wanted to share that, I want to see the industry considered excellent at maintenance and asset management and those sort of things So. I wanted the world to know this important aspect of it, which is the the cultural side. So the subtitle of the book is a a practical guide to creating a culture that eliminates breakdowns and generates profits. So that cultural side at times I feel is being forgotten. I didn't want to leave the industry and have the experience that I've gathered over the years go with me. Uh, and I've seen a lot of people with a lot of experience go out and, you know, it's great knowledge and it just sort of goes with that person. So that's the purpose of writing books: book. It's more like giving the knowledge back to the industry. The knowledge that's in there I've gained over 34 years. It didn't just spring out of my head last year or anything like that. In terms of writing the book, the process of, of writing it, the book itself... I'm really good with spreadsheets, but when it comes to words, (laughs) I'm not that good. I can relate to that. (laughs) So I needed some help there. So I reached out to a company in the US actually who took me through the process. So helped me talk about the purpose and understand what that was and crystallize that in my mind and then helped me outline what was going to be in the book and then develop the, the content. So I really talked with those guys and went back and forth and they helped me crystallize those ideas and and expand them out. And then I would write some stuff and then they would go, yeah, well, how about we write it like this after they understood what I meant yeah, yeah, so that other people could understand as well. So that helped me with writing the words as well. Yeah, so that was a really good process and I don't think I would have got a book out without having some help like that.
1: I can relate to that, writing is <laughs> no, certainly not one of my yeah. skills. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was the company name in the US? Uh, Uh, It started
2: out, it was called Book in a Box, but it changed its name recently to Scribe Media. And uh, I got onto them through a podcast that I was listening to. Yeah. And uh, they mentioned it and I reached out to them and yeah.
1: We were relating a story earlier about um, my experience in um, operations and back up, up in Mount Isa in those days. And we'd had a bit of a culture where things just used to get pulled out of maintenance and instead of letting the maintenance happen, Yeah. And one of the cultural changes one of my old bosses made was to stop that from happening. And, yeah. and the improvement in our operations was remarkable. And, yeah. and we had to invest in some extra machine equipment and things like that as well. But that also made substantial differences to our business and then kept the maintenance running on them so that we didn't have those unpredicted failures anywhere near as often.
2: And I know in my earlier career with mining fleets, and also in Bluefield several times, mm. we've actually worked with clients, and 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 I did it myself, where we increased the amount of downtime, maintenance downtime, mm, mm. and the fleet availability went up.
1: Yes, yeah, like from yeah. day one.
2: So yeah. we do more maintenance, take the machines down more, yeah. and the availability went up because yeah. we offset all the unscheduled that's, downtime. That's it. Yeah, yeah really important. Yeah, um, but anti intuitive thing that sometimes people don't
1: understand. Interesting you talk about people and culture. What are some of the things you notice on sites or that you've found or that at Bluefield you're finding how you help people in that area? Uh, Can you expand on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Really what what, um, we find is that at every site there's people who care. Really good people that know the site in detail, know the equipment, there's always those, those experts there. The issue is, that we find, is that they're misaligned in terms of how they're going to achieve the outcomes. They're all committed to the same goals, you know, they've all got complementary skills, all the things you need in a, in a successful team, but that bit around how we're gonna to work together as a team to achieve the, the business outcome, that's where they're all a little bit misaligned. So just getting them uh, working as a cohesive team there is, is where we focus.
1: Yeah. And could you expand a bit more on maybe how you get them to work as a cohesive yeah. team? Because I think that's a challenge in every business. There's always good people around. There's always people that are willing to try and improve things. Yeah. Then there seems to be a, every now and again, quite often there's a bit of a mismatch there.
2: Yeah, look, uh, it's it's change management. It's not. There's no silver bullet. So we've got some processes that we use, uh, which primarily focus around, uh, like creating any culture, you you set up some rituals and and, um, routines, like shift start meetings where we talk about the aspects of maintenance around quality maintenance and those sort of things, which are really important. The same as we've done with our safety journey in the resources industry to create a, a safety culture. So we're adopting those principles as well. But every site's a little bit different as well, you know, there's different leadership and different people in the team. So you need to let them also have input into how they're going to create this change. So what we really do is show them the issues uh, at a very practical level and allow them to be responsible for deciding how they're going to solve that problem. So they own the solution, they buy into it. and And the most successful projects that we've run is when the team and the superintendent own that improvement and they get in wholeheartedly and and deliver it and they're all very capable you know
1: yeah speaking of culture i think a a previous episode where we've um, had discussions with richard morland there's some really interesting insights in there about culture and people and things like that certainly one of the one of the most interesting people i've ever worked with over time
2: Yeah. yeah and and from my perspective it makes managing a business so much simpler that's why I call it simplifying mining maintenance yeah. as well. You know, it's much simpler to have the right culture rather than have documents and procedures and checklists and yeah. you end up being overwhelmed with all of this yeah. um, bureaucratic work. Right? Yeah, that's it. Uh, that yeah. doesn't really add any value. Yeah. Whereas if people yeah. have, you have the right culture, people do the right thing, they make the right decision. Yeah, that's <laughs> it.
1: The other day we were discussing uh, the different businesses you've grown. Would you tell our listeners a bit about how you've started them and how you've managed them?
2: Yeah, so obviously Bluefield is the, the primary business there. We started um, coming up to nine years ago. You know, the way that we, we grew that was what I talked about before, creating the right culture. And in the early days, w- when we started, it was the mining industry was booming. You'd find anyone and you could get heaps of work and um, charge them out for way too much money, really. Yeah. Uh, and then the industry crashed and, you know, we had about... 12 to 15 employees at that time. And we really had to realize, well, why would someone hire us? You know, Why would a mining company hire us to help them out and help them get more from their assets? There's gotta be some sort of value proposition there. And if we don't know what that value proposition is, then our clients are never gonna know it. So we were adding value, we've always had that focus, but then to embed that in our culture, we just started back then after a couple of years of talking about every week and measuring our success at, you know, what value did we have, did we add for our clients? Dollars, yeah, yeah. get quantifying it down yeah. into dollars or hours of availability if we couldn't transfer it to dollars. And yeah, we set up those routines. We still do it today. We talk about it every week and we capture that information and, and that then generates a culture where every single person in the company is focused on achieving that outcome. Mm. And if you continue to add value to your client's business, they continue to use you and they recommend you to other people. And it just has grown organically that way. These days, we're, we're doing better at our, our marketing as well, just to get that mm. message out there. So people understand that. So that's yes, an important yes. aspect of it as well. Some of the other businesses that we started, the, the business up in Finland, which is Bluefield in um, Europe and in Chile, so Bluefield Latam, really doing the same as we do here in Australia um, and we're applying the same principles over there, just in a different geographical region. And then um, most recently, over the last couple of years, we've started this company called Relialytics, which is about analytics for reliability. So. Uh, venturing into using data and um, those latest technologies to solve problems and specifically around the problem that we have a lot of data from oil samples is where we started, yeah. but now venturing out into BIMs data and those sort of things as well. Rather than have that data coming in and a person have to think about it and you have to have a 25-year experienced person to yeah. look at it, we're building that knowledge into the tool. That's going to be a bit of a different journey than Bluefield because um, we're developing a a software product. So we're still at fairly early days, but we've got some exciting announcements coming out over the next uh, month or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see what what people can do with those sort of things now yeah. and what you can actually build into some of this programming.
2: Yeah, and the different where we're trying to differentiate it from just data and just the software is we also have that knowledge of the importance of the people on site and, and making sure that the software is actually adding value to their day and making it easy for them to get their work done. So
1: mm. 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 Very interesting. So Jared, do you have any tips for managers or professionals in the sector, including how they could assist other professionals aspiring to enter the business world?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to go into business from my perspective, start with working out how you can generate value for your client and um, just focus on that and start doing that. But in addition to me, what's been really helpful for me is being part of the entrepreneurs organisation, EO Group um, here in Brisbane. It's a global organisation, but part of the Brisbane chapter and just learning off other entrepreneurs who are working and growing their businesses has been invaluable for me. Like that's been um, one of the best sources of practical advice and ideas and all those sort of things you need to, to set up the real nuts and bolts of how a business works. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's right. There's uh, lots to business, that's for sure, as we, yeah. as we both know. <laughs> yeah, and
2: you can't just read it out of the textbook either. You, know. no. you can read the textbook but how you apply that theory in reality, that's what he about, and how you get your own mindset right, because part of it is is just getting your own mindset right.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's lots of things we can learn from other people, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, and there's lots of people out there that are willing to share that information too. Yeah. So uh, maybe Jared, we could explore, maybe you could tell us a little bit about a, a difficult or interesting time in your career, including any advice that you might pass on to your younger self.
2: Look, uh, over the years, you, you go through difficult times often i suppose and when i was in the mine sites i remember being a supervisor and i was 26 years old an electrician and i was put in charge of um, maintenance for all these mechanical guys and you know 50 and 55 year old fitters and boilermakers and things and um they didn't make my life that easy because <laughs> they didn't want a, a green wet behind the ear electrician uh, being the supervisor so some of them are really great though and they they helped me do that job. Uh, I couldn't uh, do it without them. But I, I know there was a lot of people that were really cranky. They didn't like coming to work. I remember thinking one day, the day that I get like that, is the day that I need to move on. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to keep coming. And obviously, you can't just go and leave every job when things get uh, yeah. boring or you hate it or whatever. Mm. So for me, just continuing to learn stuff was um, what. Kept me engaged, and uh, so every time things got a little bit slow, I'd apply my spare time to to learning more and developing myself to get to the to the next job that I wanted to do or the next level. That always worked for me. But probably the most difficult time for me was when I got to that point where I started Bluefield. Where I, what do I do in the mining industry anymore? It was like. I didn't know where to go. I call that my mid-career crisis. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And, uh, but it was the best thing for me, you know. I, I went out to Bluefield and I've enjoyed every day, every year since yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some days are still <laughs> Some hard, days harder. Yeah, but absolutely. Was, yeah. It has been the hardest thing I've done in Bluefield, but the most uh, self-rewarding anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly a, um, a very dynamic and growing business. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any key values and practices that work for you that you'd be willing to share with our audience?
2: Yeah, there's probably two um, principles, I I, I suppose, that I apply whenever I'm at work, and and that is I get people to cooperate with me and work with me by my willingness to cooperate and work with them, and I get people to believe in me by my willingness to believe in other people. So those two things, I I learned them years ago. They've stuck with me, and um, I just remind myself of that you know every now and again but that's the most important thing just working with people and working out how you, you can have a, a win-win situation all the time you know and, and you can do that when you when you think about things obviously some relationships you can't and you you've got to part ways or whatever but mm. very infrequent they are you know so yeah. yeah just being willing to believe in other people and cooperate with them and yeah, that's been the, the principle that i've applied and sp- Especially as a as a service provider, you know, you've got to be able to deliver what people want.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rare that you find people that don't want to work with you or, or really have a passion against you or something like that. It's it's yeah. more, I think I've found that most people want to work with you. So if you can work with them and yeah. bring an attitude of that, you're going to get the most out of thinking it's a win-win for everyone, you know.
2: Yeah, but also being honest about uh, where you think that the client needs to change or do some things differently you've got to be open and, and honest about that and
1: yeah it's accountability really if yeah. you don't hold people accountable to what their actions are then they don't know where they stand either exactly yeah
2: certainly i know from um my perspective uh, any advisors like financial advisors that i need to use i definitely need to have some accountability <laughs> <Yeah>. from them <laughs> <I've noticed that>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> to finish off with jared you know it's been great today talking to you but I always ask this question of all of our um, interviewees. What is your most memorable or funniest story from the site?
2: Yeah, I've got lots of memorable stories and funny stories. A lot of them probably not suitable for a a podcast, (laughs) but revolving around practical jokes and things from the early days of where we'd strategically placed dead snakes and things like that yeah yeah but um, i won't go into those but (laughs) one that is uh, quite memorable is when i was working in indonesia with the indonesian guys and uh, so i was learning to speak bahasa indonesia and i was teaching them to speak english and so they wanted to know how to say i'm really really hungry so i wrote up on the board I could eat the bottom out of a rag doll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I was trying to translate that to them, we, we were all just in fits of laughter. It was quite funny. And, yeah. um, and, and they were tra- telling me then some of their um, sort of anecdotes as well. So yeah, 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 it was a really great day. I always remember that.
1: Well, Jared, thanks for joining us today and giving our listeners some insight into the world of the mining and resources industry business owner. It's been great to have you here. So thanks very much.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Brett. I really appreciate the opportunity to have a chat and um, yeah, appreciate the relationship over the years with, with yourself and the advice you've given us as well.
1: Mm, yeah, thanks. So for those listening, if, you, if you'd like to speak to Jared, you're more than welcome to connect with him on LinkedIn. And you'll see that information and those of his businesses on our podcast series page. And for those interested in connecting with his business, Contact details can also be found on our podcast series page. And finally, his book, Simplifying Mining Maintenance, is available through online retailers, including Amazon, Booktopia and Apple Books. Thanks.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Resourceful, stories from the site. We'll be back in a month with more tips and insight from our other industry leaders. We'd love to connect with you. You can find us on all the usual social channels and our website, resourcesunearthed.com.au. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode.